Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, listeners out there. Thank you for your personal choice of consumption of the Screen the Screener Podcast. We are so happy to have you in. We are manufacturing this college basketball listening adventure on the evening of February 24th, 2017. You may start raking the yard or cleaning up your flower pots for the stoop or the porch. March is so close. We are in the final week before you flip that family calendar in the kitchen or in the closet. We aim to improve that commute to and fro. Thanks for tuning us in if you're going to work or coming back home. Hey, don't forget to tidy up from Valentine's Day. Remember, you can compost those limp yet thoughtful very flowers. As always, thank, thank we are thankful, humbled, and honestly honored to chat, chat NCA hoops with you. And tonight, unfortunately, we'll be without Mike Randall. But we will be with our ever-increasing audience out there. So we just wanted to say hello out there at Darren Goldwater. First UNC Wilmington and now Akron. Man, that's nice. Enjoy this upcoming month, my man. Cheers. And ahoy out there at Hoopville Adam. Keep spreading the good word on those little guys. And the Zags, too. Cheers, gentlemen. Happy to have you all tune in. Hey, here's what we're going to get to. We're going to give you a rundown of the games, we're going to give you what we're looking forward to, and then we're going to sign off and let you guys enjoy everything and enjoy the weekend, catch up with all those things you need to do. Hey, first place we're going to head to, Big Ten Country. Frosh heavy, Michigan State beats up on Nebraska 88-72, and Coach Izzo is pushing all of his chips in with his frosh. He's got Bridges, he's got Langford, he's got Ward. Coach Izzo... Welcome to life as Coach Cal, or Coach Miller, or Coach Alford, minus Aaron Harris and other leaders. This is a tough puzzle to figure out, but keep trusting those freshmen. You trusted them and recruited them to your program. Put the ball in their hands and trust their decision-making in tough end-game situations. You'll be rewarded, Coach Izzo. You know what we need to do? We need to give a little love. Out to the CAA. UNC Wilmington clinches the regular season CAA title with a win over a very hot Towson team, 83-78. Denzel Ingram, not Denzel Valentine or Brandon Ingram. Denzel Ingram hit a long three with about under minute 30 to play to provide just enough cushion for the Seahawks to seal the win. C.J. Bryce is the lead Raptor here. The 6'5 Soph is averaging over 22 points over his past five games and has scored double digits, get this, in all but two games this season. The Seahawks have put up 80-plus points like it's a habit and have put up over, listen to this stat, you guys ready? 800 total threes on the season as an entire team. Those guys love to put it up. They are fun to watch. Congratulations on the regular season title, guys. Good luck down in the conference tournament. And uh, we'll be pulling for the Seahawks. Rock Chalk Seahawk. Under the radar game that had postseason implications last night. Out west, a little west coast love. Out in the mountains, Utah overcame a career game from Colorado's Derek White. Utah gets the win, 86-81. Check out this stat line from white people. 
He had 31, 6 boards, 5 dimes, 4 blocks, 4 made threes. Dude does that at home? You are going to go home with a loss most days. Just not Thursday night, though. The Utes grabbed the win to move to 18-10 and 10 overall and 9-7 and 7 in the Pac-12. Kyle Kuzman returns from a slight injury to go for 25-6, and 6, continuing his case for first-team All-Pac-12. He also hit some huge free throws down the stretch to help seal up the victory. Love that guy. Love what he brings to the table. Love what the Utes are doing. I think they're going to make it in. They may be an issue and could win the game, maybe even get to the second weekend. Let's head out. Stay out on the West Coast. Mike Randall's St. Mary's Gales, number 20, hold Pepperdine to get this. Under 30% shooting from the floor, under 20% shooting from three, in a 78-49 win on the road. Yeah, that's right. You heard the score correctly, and it was on the road. I know Mike's not here to make fun of him, but Mike's favorite big man, Jock Landell, went for 23-4. Rayhan had a beautiful Lonzo Ball-type stat line with a bunch of assists, a bunch of rebounds, and a bunch of points. Not garnering a triple-double, but really efficient across the board. So St. Mary's hold serve to go ahead and hopefully give us round three of St. Mary's Gonzaga in the conference finals of the WCC. Speaking of the WCC, we'd be remiss if we did not mention number one Gonzaga's win by 58 points on the road, and that cements San Diego. (laughs) 96-38. Yes, those numbers are correct. You thought the numbers were wrong in the last rundown with St. Mary's. The numbers aren't wrong here either. Just when you think you have the Zags figured out and you think you need to double Nigel Williams-Goss or maybe double down or triple down on Big Shem down in the post, you know what happens? Jonathan Williams goes for 14, 19 boards, and three blocks on just six shots. Unbelievable. The Zags shot it over 60% from the field. They shot over 50% from three with 13 makes from deep. They held San Diego under 25% from the field. That is insane. I don't even know what that means. And they didn't even need a huge game from head chef Big Shemek Karnowski. He was in single digits. I am not sure what else people want from their number one ranked team in the country except a 50-plus blowout on the road. Holy smokes, they are good. Number 16, Wisconsin, falls on the road to Ohio State. And Mike Randall called this one. He said, if you could tell me Nigel Hayes' stat line, he will tell you the result of this game. Nigel Hayes' stat line included a single-digit scoring in the scoring column. And Ethan Happ also had single digits in the scoring column. That is going to equal a road loss at Ohio State. And... Interestingly enough, Tate outplayed both Hap and Hayes, and I think by this happening, this kind of sews up Biggie Swanigan's case for Big Ten Player of the Year. Mellow Tremble also had an off game earlier in the week, so I think that kind of cements and firms up 
Caleb Swanigan's case for Big Ten Player of the Year. Not that it was in any doubt, but I think the results of this past week really firm that up. Hey, we have a comet sighting. Did you guys stay up late for it? I hope you did. Much like Gonzaga, UCLA is worth staying up late for. Number five, UCLA holds another team under 80 points. This is really interesting. They win 87-75 at Arizona State. This was a close game at the half. It was a Mike Randall special with like a first half cover for the spread, if that thing exists. Uh, apparently Mike Randall has a, has a beat on this. Very unique uh, talent that he has to identify that and isolate that. They did this all without a huge game from Lonzo Ball. He scored in single digits. And TJ Leaf went off in this game, going for 25 points. Now, UCLA holds another team under 80, and this is becoming a little bit of a habit. Now, if you hold teams under 80 and you're going to score 90 to 100 points, I'm going to say look out. UCLA might have something figured out, and it seems like they are getting right just at the right time for the big matchup with number four, Arizona. And speaking of number four, Arizona, they took care of things on their end with a 90-77 win over USC. Mike Randall said that maybe USC would cover here because Arizona doesn't blow anybody out, and by no means was this a blowout. But it's the nice thing about Arizona is when you have the two best players on the floor and one of them has an off game, the other one is bound to pick up. Pick the other one up off the deck and say, hey, I got this one. This one's all mine. And that's what Trier did for marketing here in this game. Trier is fully back, and he is ready to roll. He seems fully integrated. He seems absolutely in game shape and ready to take on any challenge that anybody in the Pac-12 or otherwise is going to throw his way. 25 points to complement and make up for Markkinen's off game with just 11. Both teams seem ready for this weekend showdown. Totally looking forward to this game. Oh, man. It is going to be awesome. I'm so glad that the game day crew is going to be there. I hope Coach Greenberg, uh, Jay Will, and Jay Bellis do it up right for everybody and everybody tunes in. Uh, Guess what, people? Time for a little weekend Broadway rundown. Now, Mike Randall isn't going to be on the couch, so it's just going to be me talking to you guys. So everybody else out in the audience, do me a favor. During this segment of the quick pod, go ahead, get comfortable. If you're in your car, just put your head back a little bit. Let go of that steering wheel. Don't grip it so tight with the death grip. If you're at home doing something, slow down your pace a little bit. Ease up. Everybody is going to play the Mike Randall role here. You just listen in and then comment out loud while you're listening to what you think might happen this weekend on Broadway. So here we go, baby. On Broadway. Hey, let's start with number 17, SMU, going down to UConn. I think I like UConn and the points here. Both teams are going to slow it down, less possessions, uh, slower pace. Maybe take a look at the under here once the over-under number gets out. Jalen Adams is playing a little bit out of his head. He seemed not fully healthy in the Houston game, so let's hope it's just a nick and not a big knack as far as health-wise for him. And I I saw some desperation in the Huskies in that Houston game. I think they feel like they have a chance to go ahead and run the table. Don't forget, that tournament 
is going to take place in stores, Connecticut. They are going to pretty much have a home court advantage every tournament game. So if they can get things right, they can go on another run like they did a few years ago with Boatwright and Shabazz and win that thing outright and then not even worry about getting an invite. They can just take the automatic bid. This is part of the get right. Give me UConn in the points here. Number 18, UVA heads to NC State. We called for the Wolfpack to have one or two more moments here this season with the whole Godfrey mess and him staying on. Thankfully, what a great move by Godfrey, by the way. I know we talked about this earlier, but his student athletes must be so thankful that they don't have to go th- learn a whole bunch of new jargon, a whole bunch, of, a, a whole new system, uh, a, a whole new logistics. It must be so nice that they are just going to see out the season with the coach that they love and the leadership that they know. And you know what? I think this game is the game where they find a result in the winning column. Forget about covering. I'm just going to say, let's give State an outright win here. Straight up win on the road. Uh, now At home with UVA coming in, reeling a little bit on offense. A little bit under the radar game here. No rankings involved but very important for both teams and very important for the SEC in general. Tennessee is going to head to South Carolina. Both teams need the win. Tennessee is definitely on the bubble. South Carolina is trending the wrong way, as we mentioned a couple podcasts back. And they have the history of last season where they had a little late-season swoon and found found themselves on the wrong side of the bubble. I'm going to say give me the best player on the floor, give me the home team, Give me Sandarius Thornwell. Give me a Coach Martin refocused defensive squad. And give me the cover. Give me South Carolina and the Gamecocks. Uh, We're not going to go very deep into this because we want to keep things positive here. But number 23 Creighton heads to number 2 Villanova with the whole Mo Watson cloud hovering overhead. This is serious business with Mo Watson. This is not just like violation of team rules or a parking ticket. This is very serious. He's going to have to appear in court, and he will be arraigned. This is like a grown-up problem, to put it bluntly. I think there's no way that Nova loses two in a row, right? And I think the static from the Mo Watson situation is a little too much for even Creighton and that fine coaching staff and really solid foundation to overcome. Give me Nova at home here. This seems like a give me. Um, And I hope that Creighton can use this in some strange way to get refocused and have a nice charge in the Big East tournament coming up. Um, I hope they can get all their ducks in a row. Number 14, Purdue. Heads to Michigan. This one is going to be tricky. You know who I think the difference maker is going to be here? Not Biggie Swanigan. I knew you think... Listeners out there, I was going to go biggie on you here and call for him to have a double-double, like, you know, 26 and 14. I think Mo Wagner is going to give Haas some issues, and he's going to be a matchup problem for the Boilermakers. And plus, those Michigan guards, they can shoot it. I think, give me the home team with a little home cooking. They do, Michigan does not foul anybody. They don't really guard anybody, but they don't foul anybody either. They shoot it great from three. Give me Michigan in kind of a coin flip game here 
and give me a big game from Biggie Swanigan just so makes just to make sure he sews up that Big Ten Player of the Year that we've talked about previously. Hey, listen. Number one Gonzaga hosts BYU in their final true test prior to the postseason to get to the postseason undefeated. You know what? Maybe this is where the Zags don't cover the point spread and don't beat a team by 58. What do you think? You think BYU thinks they have one last gasp maybe at a large bid or maybe if they get this win and then go on a nice run and make the finals of the WCC tournament, maybe they get in? That's got to be the mindset of BYU. So I'm going to say they play the Zags pretty tough. The Zags are due for a slight letdown. So maybe BYU with the cover, Zags still with the outright win. Another game to keep an eye on, number 10, Duke is going to visit Miami. And I bet Duke gets rolling after that tough loss to the Orange. Man, Gillen's shot was so sick. Total, that's that's the play that you practice in your backyard or on the playground or in the gym time after time after time. You get the ball, you run down full court, you do a crossover dribble, you pull up from behind the three-point line, and, and you make it. That is, a, that, is a, that is a game, that is a shot that everybody has practiced. I'm not kidding, thousands of times. It's awesome that Syracuse and John Gillen had it come to fruition and be true in real life and matter. That was incredible. So back to the game, sorry. Uh, Duke is going to have the two best players on the floor, like we mentioned before, and Miami might not have their whole roster due to injuries slash suspensions. Uh, there's a little cloudiness and a little haziness there. So I'm going to say give us Duke uh, maybe a little closer than you think, but let's take Duke here. Oh, man. Mike Randall's got to be nervous. Number nine, Baylor heads and tests Hilton Magic at Iowa State. Don't you just have a feeling about this, listeners? Don't you just have that feeling that there hasn't been that nice, beautiful, magical Hilton magic moment. I don't know if I don't know if it's going to happen, but I feel like they need one magical moment in Hilton on their home court this season, and it just may come right here. We talked about how teams, especially Texas Tech, have given the blueprint of how to guard Baylor successfully, but then we also spoke on how Coach Drew has schooled and coached his team on how to pass out of that double and triple team with Motley and find some open shots. I'm thinking it's going to be too much Monte Morris, too much Devontae Burton. I bet Matt Thomas hits a big shot. I bet Naz Long has a couple of threes. Give me Iowa State at home and cook up some Hilton magic. All right, we got the two biggies to go for you guys. Number 13, Florida, heads up to number 11, Kentucky. Kentucky's favored by four. This would be the game of the weekend, but the West Coast had other ideas about this, thankfully. Love what Mike White and Florida are accomplishing thus far this season. They're like a year ahead of schedule. Really impressed with what they're doing. Uh, the metrics love them. They are uh, unbelievably efficient on defense. They are very connected. They have very live hands on defense. Uh, Casey Hill is a, is a terror at the top of their defense. I think this is the game where the injury to Igbunu takes hold and matters. I think Bam goes for his inside. Look for him to have about 20 inside. Be really efficient. A couple of and ones inside maybe with a couple people hanging on him on a couple of dunks and putbacks. And I bet Fox outplays Hill in the backcourt. So I'm going to say give me KU with a cover. 
and Florida plays valiantly. Maybe it's kind of like the Gonzaga game where they lose by about five, six, or seven. And then finally, the highlight, ladies and gentlemen, head out to the West Coast. Hashtag basketball narcolepsy. Hashtag West Coast bigs. Everything you're going to want to see on display here is going to be on display. Number five, UCLA heads the number four, Arizona. Right now, we got Arizona favored by about a point, point and a half. Sounds about right. Listen, what else do you want from a game? You got lottery picks on both sides. You got big men, talented big men, multi-skilled big men on both sides. You have unbelievable difference makers in the backcourt. You have like transcendent players that are affecting the game. And you have pl- you have a team, two teams that are vying for a number 1 seed in March and vying for the conference championship in the conference of champions as Bill Walton would say. I'm feeling like UCLA will offer a little payback, similar to the Kentucky situation that they had earlier this year where they went to Kentucky and won a gigantic game. I'll take UCLA and a little tougher effort on D from the Bruins. I think Arizona's going to play awesome. I don't think they're going to be shortchanged. I don't think it's going to be any fault of their own. They're not going to make the mistake that's going to lose the game. They're not going to shoot poorly to lose the game. They're not going to have a sloppy turnover in a critical situation. I just think UCLA is going to make a couple magical plays here on the road. So I'm going to say give me UCLA slight, slightly, maybe a last possession or second to last possession game here. I just want it to be entertaining. I want to see an improved defensive stance from UCLA. And I want to see Trier and Marketing put up numbers with Ball and Leaf. You know what's going to happen, I think? We haven't kind of seen it. We haven't seen it all season, and we saw it a couple times last season. I bet Bryce Offord hits a couple of big shots in the second half, maybe late, to help the Bruins seal up this win. He did it a bunch of times last year and the season before at UCLA. He's due to hit a big shot. Maybe it's even off a setup from Lonzo Ball or maybe a pass out from TJ Leaf when he's double teamed down in the post. So give me UCLA, give me a big shot from Offord, but not by Arizona miscues at all, just by UCLA outplaying the Wildcats. Hey, listeners out there, thanks for giving us a couple minutes of your weekend. We hope that you enjoy the big matchups and maybe some of the lesser ones as well. Mike and I will be back next week together, of course. And we just want to thank you guys very much for listening, tuning us in, putting us in your earbuds, plugging us into your car, however you choose to input this information into your head. And we are going to get excited for giving you guys some more information coming towards March. Uh, It's the best time of year, people. Feel the thaw out there. Smell March coming our way. And hey, do you think that Thomas Welch just screens a screener? Or do you think he maybe slips the screen in for a dunk and an end one and makes his free throw because he's an excellent free throw shooter? He sure does, Thomas Welch. Hey, enjoy the big matchups this weekend, gentlemen, ladies, and listeners. Screen the screener, 